Welcome to Fallout Off the Record, brought to you by Quest Gaming Network. And sponsored in part by Repcon Aerospace. Blast off to the future. And now, on to our show. Hello and welcome everyone to episode 4 of Fallout Off the Record. I'm your host Rick McVick and with us tonight is Shaleen. Hello. So welcome everyone and uh, to another amazing episode of Fallout Off the Record. Um, first of all, I want to get started by talking to you about our advertisements tonight. So, uh, excuse me, Whew. I just drank some tea real quick before the intro video was over so I'm just trying to swallow it. <laughs> so tonight, we are sponsored by TweakedAudio.com. And when you order anything from Tweaked Audio, who, has, who have the finest headphones in the world, I am not wearing them now, but I do use them at work all the time. Shillian is using them <laughs> as well. Um, if you uh, put our code in, off the record, all one word, at checkout, you will receive free shipping and 30% off. We are also sponsored by Audible.com, your leading source for all things audiobooks. Uh, if you use the, uh, let's see, if you use the URL audibletrial.com/questgamingnetwork, you'll receive a free audiobook when you sign up for your trial using that. And may I recommend Steve, uh, Stephen King's uh, Dark Tower? I think Shalee knows a little bit more about that book than I do, but yes, she's, we'll talk about it later. Yeah, <laughs> you're the one that recommended that our listeners check that out and also we welcome any donations at all from you guys it helps keep the lights on and the podcasts flowing uh you can do that by going to questgamingnetwork.com and using the paypal link which i believe is in the upper left hand corner so without further ado let's talk about our show this evening we have some news for you guys um yes there's more news uh regarding fallout um than we covered last week uh we're also going to get into our gameplay and we're going to introduce to you our, a new segment, all about mods. Uh, this one's a specific mod that I enjoy very, very much. Uh, we're going to talk about some lore and get into uh, some user emails. And then the weapon of the week. So we have a lot to get on to today. And so the first thing is first is our news. If you like news, you're going to love our next segment. And you certainly will. Take it away, Shaleen. All right. Thank you, Rick. We've got a, um, some good news for you today. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a Game Informer, art a Game Informer article <laughs> by Andrew Rainier. I I'm sure I've mispronounced his name. Sorry, Andrew. <laughs> that gave us some more details from the QuakeCon demo. Um, you can only have one companion at a time, uh, similar to Fallout 3. I know in New Vegas you could have one human and one non-human. Um, for example, you could have Boone and Eddie or uh, Cass and the dog. Uh, but it looks like uh, we got a pick this time. I never um, knew that. I never actually up until recently. I think you told me. I didn't know you could have more than one companion. I always mm -hmm. had Boone around. I didn't know you could have a non-humanoid with you. Yeah, Boone and Eddie are a great team too. They work really well together. Mm -hmm. um, he said that the camera during the demo moved into different cinematic views um, when the player was talking to Preston Garvey, kind of like uh, in Mass Effect, um, how the camera just kind of. More cinematic, changes angles. Hmm. So that'll be cool. No more frozen, frozen person on the zoom in. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, 
if if I'm curious to see if they're gonna pause time as you're having a conversation, or if it's gonna be. He said it's dynamic, so I doubt it. Yeah. I I just hope that it doesn't kick you out of first person when you're in first person, and like turns your angle somewhere so like you don't see something coming at you. I don't think it'll like do a that. Death claw. <laughs> I think it'll stay in first person. We'll see. Yeah, we will. Um, and uh, the companion Piper uh, runs a newspaper called Public Occurrences, and she has a little sister. Uh, I hope this means that we get to have newspaper news gathering quests. Uh, I, I really like news. You know, I, I like the whole idea of, of newspapers, and and I just I want to have a press pass and go gather news for Piper. I think it will <laughs> be fun. Uh, do you want this to be like some sort of like paperboy homage? <laughs> Yes, that would be great. <laughs> Paperboy 2015. <laughs> so. Fallout 4 is going to track how each companion feels about you. Um, kind of like, uh, I, again, Bioware. We keep referencing a lot of Bioware. Um, so they'll, if uh, you make a lot of decisions, I guess, that your companion's not really cool with, um, that'll come through in their dialogue, maybe. Oh. And... Uh, Obviously, if they love you, then they're they're gonna love you. <laughs> I wonder if they'll leave you. I hope so. I hope that if you're just a horrible, they'll leave you. I, I think they would because uh, karma has a lot to do with your companions in Fallout Three. Mm -hmm. If you're a, a terrible person, Fox won't follow you, and and if you're a great person, um, I think Jericho won't follow you. You have to have bad karma for Jericho. Yeah, he's in right. Uh, Megaton, right? Right. Yeah. Um. Uh, but if you don't like companions, if you prefer to be a, a lonely lone wanderer, you can get some special perks for playing alone. That'll be me. Yeah, I thought that was neat. And according to a GameSpot article, anybody who is hoping uh, that they're going to make more Pip-Boys is out of luck. Yeah. The factory can't make any more Pip-Boys. Yeah, you know what I saw? Uh, I went on eBay because I was curious to see what people were selling their non-existent uh, Pip-Boy editions for. I was seeing sold Pit Boy editions on eBay for like three hundred and fifty bucks. Ooh, wow! Yeah. So I should have bought two. I should have bought two and sold one and yeah, made all my I money back. No. For... Um, I, yeah. So I, I'm curious to see what's going to happen when these things get physically in hand. If they're going to yeah. go up on eBay for like hundreds of dollars. I'm sure they will. There are always people that are going to do that. That would rather sell it and, and make money than have it. Would you be tempted um, to sell it if they're selling for like three thousand dollars? Yeah, <laughs> I'll sell you my pit boy for three thousand dollars. <laughs> I doubt they'll get that high, but they are very <laughs> limited. I wonder how many they made in total. Well, I think they're not as limited as we may think they are. Mm. Um, the article said that um, they didn't try to make them rare; they made all they could. Uh, that the demand was just so insane they couldn't keep up. Um, Bethesda kept going back to the factory saying, please make more of these. And the factory <laughs> would like move their schedule around and put off their other projects. And finally they came back to them and just said, I'm sorry, we can't make any more. <laughs> um, they, uh, I have a quote here from Pete Hines. We quote Pete Hines a lot. Um, shout out to Pete Hines. <laughs> we made a crap load and I, I, uh, am editing that yeah. for the podcast. <laughs> We made a crap load of Pip Boys, and we went back and made more, and we went back and made more. I keep seeing stuff about, oh, you only did a few thousand. No, we did a ton of these things. <laughs> I think we did more of these things than we did for any collector's edition we've ever done, ever. Wow. So, yeah, that's 
they're not I think they're not as rare as we think the demand is just tremendous yeah. Um, yeah, but if you're one of, one of many that missed out on the Pip-Boy edition you can 3D print your own <laughs> yeah that you can I'm sure it's There's not the easiest a, thing in the world dandy guide at ytech3d.com ytech-tec uh, like Walt Tech ytech3d.com he gives you a list of the parts you'll need and the files that you'll need for your printer and uh, <laughs> We're losing you, Shaleen. <laughs> it's always the news segments that we lose you in. Kidding. No, uh, to let everyone know, <laughs> earlier today they were experiencing really bad storms out where Shaleen is. So this is probably just a residual effect from that. <laughs> Which last last stream we had the same problem on the news. So I think I'll pick up um, where Shaleen left off until we get her back. Um, <laughs> so, da-da-da-da. Uh, um... Apparently, according to YTech3D.com, uh, they well they give you a list of your needed parts and obviously the files that you need for your printer to print it out if you so have a 3D printer. Um, and eventually, it'll come in three sizes. And I don't know if that means phone sizes. Are, are you back, Shaleen? I think I'm back. There we mm -hmm. go. Yeah. All right. So does that three sizes mean phone sizes? No, it means three sizes as in arm sizes. Um, uh. So like if you're if you're a big old dude and you won't fit in your... In your standard Pip Boy, then you can make a, a bigger fox sized Pip Boy. Could you see and if now? you're smaller, you can have a smaller one. Uh, and uh, the dimensions aren't quite right. It's said in the article um, they're a little bit off, um, but still, it's it's pretty darn close. I was gonna say nobody's gotten their hands on a real world one except there was one mm -hmm. under a glass case at uh, E3. So I could imagine it would be kind of hard to get the dimensions correct. Um, but he's also making one, if you don't want one that will fit your phone or if you have one of the giant phones or he's going to make one that you can install your own little computer and, uh, like the raspberry Pi, and oh. make a functioning fit boy. Wow. And it has a little tape deck on the top. That's uh, so cool. So that's, that's going to be a bigger project for sure, but it would be fun. Yeah. That's going to be cool. Yeah. So Rick, do you use game guides much? Yep. No, you're no. not a game guide guy? No, because uh, I can just Google it. Sorry. Yeah. I, I'm the same. I've never... <laughs> this is what happens when I do not pay attention wow, to Bumble. that was exciting. Yes, it was. <laughs> the well, game was uh, mad at me for not... <laughs> <laughs> it was It was mad at Skype for, <laughs> for dropping our call. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I really never bought a game guide either. I'll, I'll just Google it and, and find an online guide if I decide I need help. Yeah. Hunting bobbleheads yep. or the like, but if you are a game guide guy or girl, um, then the Prima Games has got you covered with the Vault Dweller Survival Guide for Fallout Four. It's going to have 400 pages of maps, statistics, and more, Good written grief. by the same team that did the Skyrim Guide. Um, the digital edition is going to cost 9.99, and they'll sell a trade paperback for 29.99. A collector's edition for thirty nine ninety nine, which seems pretty pricey to me. Really? Uh, these, yeah, it really, it kind of does for just a game guide. It's I a don't. Bag. I, yeah, but I don't know. It seems kind of expensive. The only real advantage of, of having a game guide to me seems like, like that you'd have it on the first day. I don't know. Maybe. Before the internet's had time to. <clears throat> really do things we've well, got somebody in the chat saying they 
they love game guides to collect <laughs> items. Well, you know, I, I know that they can definitely be a quicker resource to, to find things rather than, you know, Googling, especially if you have one screen on your PC um, and you have, a, have the game full screen. Sometimes, I know with the Fallout games, if you, uh, if you alt-tab to switch windows and it actually will not reboot your game. You have to shut it down and everything. So they can be nicer, I suppose, um, if you have one screen. However, I, have- well, I was going to say, however, I recommend that anyone who's listening to this, and you too, Shaleen, I th- Bethesda put out an official podcast, like, years ago. I think, like, right around the launch of ESO. Mm-hmm. And um, I think one of those episodes, they actually had, uh, I think, that head editor or whatever of one of the of the Skyrim game guide. And it is a huge, huge, huge task. Like they have to play the game in order to make those guides, Mm -hmm. you know? And he said the amount of like the, like he played those games so many times. It might've been the new Vegas guide, but I know um, there's a lot of work that goes into them. So 40 bucks for a collector's thing. I think it's worth it. I am kind of tempted to get the fallout Four one. Just because it's Fallout 4. Well you've, got, well, you've got the Pit-Boy edition coming and a few other things coming that are limited edition. And we're probably going to yeah. be aiming for those loot crates. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm absolutely... I, uh, I set alerts for their Twitter. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I would miss it. Yeah, so uh, you're going for the completionist everywhere, aren't you, for this Indeed. game? Indeed. <laughs> I'm going to be so poor come November. <laughs> anyway, right, we'll... we'll move on to our next news mm-hmm. item. Uh, Fallout 4 is basically done. Uh, the source for this was GameSpot. Um, uh, Bethesda's Pete Hines, hi again, Pete Hines, if you're listening. <laughs> he said that they're spending their time on bug fixing and polish. Um, this is a quote. Let's be honest. Right now, it doesn't matter what anybody wants for a feature in Fallout 4. The game is basically done. It was by and large done before we announced it in terms of the features going in. You're not adding new features in May, June, July in the year you're releasing. You're trying to get everything fixed. And I am so in favor of this. Um, I played New Vegas on launch day, and that game was so broken for so long. <laughs> it should never have released. I- I'm Fallout New Vegas is still my favorite Fallout, but it should never have released in the condition that it did. Um, all of us who played the first the first few months were beta testers for that game, basically. <laughs> So many bugs having to wear a special hat to load the strip. And yeah, it was not good. <laughs> yeah, it's still buggy. So I- I'm hoping that there's a few left in there. Um, just I'm sure there will be. They're certainly endearing those bugs in Bethesda games. Mm-hmm. Well, I doubt that'll, that'll let you down, Rick. I'm sure there <laughs> will be still some bugs. I hope. Uh, Game Rant reports that Fallout 4 is going to have a major presence at Gamescom next week. Um, Gamescom seems like it's getting to be a bigger and bigger show every year. Last year, a lot of things happened at Gamescom, so I'm interested to see what they're going to show. One of our listeners emailed in a short short question. Do you think, uh, this was from Michael, do you think the exclusive QuakeCon presentation will simply be the same presentation they show at Gamescom a couple weeks later? What do you think, Rick? Are they going to show us the Gamescom or at Gamescom the QuakeCon, QuakeCon presentation? <laughs> English is hard. I'm sorry. It is. Guys. It's a difficult language. Um, it, no, because exclusive tends to mean exclusive, and it would cheapen all of the people who mm-hmm. went to QuakeCon. Um, I agree with it, you. It would cheapen their experiences, and I don't think. And we, from what we've seen in Bethesda, they're not at all about cheapening our experiences. Mm-hmm. So it, 
the, the, the cool thing is they could show similar a similar video. Well, I guess not since it was live blog, but maybe they could show a similar video and get away with it. But but I don't think it's going to be what they showed at QuickCon. You know what I think we're going to get is the release of that video, um, the little uh, propaganda-style video about the special perks. Ah, maybe. I think that we're going to get the first one of those at Gamescom. I'm hoping for a little anyway, more gameplay. we'll see. We don't have long to wait. Yeah. Um. For people who like to do a, a more non-violent play style, that's going to be more of an option for you in Fallout 4 than it has been previously. PC Gamer quotes Todd Howard. You can avoid killing a lot. I can't tell you that you can play the whole game without violence. That's not necessarily a goal of ours. But we want to support different play styles as much as we can. Yeah. That's for sure. That's, that's pretty neat. I like to be diplomatic in Fallout's... Um, I've never done a pacifist run, but I, I think it's fun to have different ways to achieve things. Um, I don't think you can do I, a pacifist run on any of the other ones. Almost. Uh, you have the only in Fallout Three. You can get through the game killing only the rad roach in the vault, the first one that you have to shoot with the BB gun, and yourself in uh, in the purifier. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the only two things that you have to kill to finish Fallout Three. Really. Mm-hmm. How do you clear out the uh, Jefferson Memorial? Hmm. Take a companion and hide? Know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know where I heard that, but you're right. You have a point about the Jefferson Memorial. Yeah, maybe we maybe, can try it. Yeah. I'd like to do a pacifist run sometime, but... It would make much more sense, like, in New Vegas when they're like... When Doc Mitchell's like, you charge in with your problems head on, and you ask, and you say no... But yet, what you do. <laughs> so, That's a pretty great Doc Mitchell voice. Right? Oh, I was Doc Mitchell. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, but, but yeah, like it would make more sense as answering that question, saying I strongly disagree, rather than like because you're just going to run outside mm-hmm. and go kill things. You might be a little bit more hesitant. You might yeah. snipe, but I don't know. I don't know. I think it'll be it'll be interesting to see what other options they add in. I uh, I was a big fan of Dishonored, and uh, that had a lot of ways mm. to play without killing anybody. Um, so maybe they uh, maybe they uh, took some hints from that. It's true. Uh, Fallout Four is going to launch without mod support. Uh, I know that's going to make a lot of people very sad, um, but they're focusing on finishing the game um, right now. They uh, it says here nobody cares about mods if the game sucks. <laughs> And I think that's pretty much right on. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're going to, when they finish the game and launch the game, then they'll start working on the construction tools and the creation kit. And uh, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a challenge for them because the modding system is going to have to work on all of the platforms. So I, I would even, be surprised to see it before next year. I don't even know what to think about that. I, I, I mean, from just dabbling into modding just a smidgen, um, that's that's going to be difficult, mm-hmm. I'd imagine, unless they streamline it some way. But I, I don't know. Then again, the new the newer consoles are very much PCs, just yeah. lower lower budget PCs. So now the farther in that we get to this console generation, the more that we see, especially the Xbox One, turning into just a a low end gaming PC. And the more people will realize that the PC is the master race. <laughs> I still like consoles. I like to not not have to change any settings just sit down and turn it on and two minutes later i'm playing a game (laughs) so um we have some more fallout uh stuff some more news 
Um, this is specifically about the Fallout 4, uh, some speculation and some story stuff. Uh, rubber banding will not be a part of Fallout 4. Uh, for those of you that aren't sure of that term, basically what it means is the difficulty will not scale with your level, which the other Fallouts have done. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I think that's going to be interesting, although I, I, I'd rather enjoy... I guess it's going to be kind of a breath of fresh air. I, I remember playing Final Fantasy VII when I was a kid and being like level 99 and going back to one of like the beginning areas and everything mm -hmm. was basically you just stared at it and it would die. Um, but I'm curious to see how that's going to be in Fallout 4 because you know darn well you're going to go back to some of the beginning areas of the game, kill everything very easily, and then kind of get used to it and go back to a hard area. <laughs> like, why is everything so hard? Um, so I, I don't... I'm curious to see how that's going to work. I, I kind of like the scaling because you're rock, walking around Megaton and all of a sudden Deathclaw. That was always kind of fun. Um, so, and to quote uh, Todd Howard again, um, you'll run into stuff that will crush you and you'll have to run away. And I, I actually am looking forward to that. So am I. Yeah, yeah I really enjoy that in games. I remember uh, when I played A Link Between Worlds, that's something we were talking about before mm -hmm. the podcast, when I played A Link Between Worlds, I uh, accidentally wandered into the last temple, because you can go to the temples <laughs> in any order, and I was so out of my league, and I got pretty far in, and I felt so like a boss. So I, I'm looking forward to, to having things. Just see how far you can get into the places where you know you're not supposed to be yet. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, and it's kind of, it kind of surprised me about the scaling, because I didn't realize that New Vegas had scaled, because if you walk up to you know, that uh, La Quarry Junction, I believe it is. There's a bunch of death claws everywhere, and they'll just they'll just kill you. But I yeah, guess... Yeah, if you leave um, that first town and turn left, like, mm -hmm. you are just so in bad shape. Yeah, Cazadors and death claws, dead. <laughs> so uh, maybe they're just, um, you know, a higher difficulty of the level you are. Maybe there's going to be, like, a window. Like, if you're level 5, you'll find things that are level 2 to level 8 or something. I don't know. Um, he also mentioned... What? Go, Go ahead. ahead. No, I was just going to say, I was going to move on. Um, there's also an area called the Glowing Sea, which you said referenced something in the original Fallout. Um, apparently that's ground zero for where the bomb fell, and radiation storms are going to come from there. And we're not quite sure if that's going to move into the survival aspect of things, where the weather report from you know the Galaxy News Network says storms brewing, and... You have to seek shelter or else you'll get irradiated and your health will get blocked. Uh, from what the gameplay looked like, it looked like your radiation bar and your health bar were the same bar. And mm -hmm. as your radiation, you know, went up, it just took up more of your health bar, which uh, I think is pretty cool. I think that's going to add more of a panic dynamic to it. Um, so if you get caught out in irradiated rain, hopefully it's green. That'd be interesting. Or black because that would keep with canon, the black rain. Um That'd be pretty cool. I'm I'm excited to see what they uh, what they do with it. So, but yeah, that's gonna wrap up our uh, news. Any thoughts on that rain, Shaleen? Not really. I'm interested to see what it looks like, uh, but we'll see pretty soon. That's for sure. So, for our next segment, we're gonna go ahead and get into our gameplay. And I believe you heard a bit of our bumper previously, but we're gonna play it again because we both love it so very much.
All right, gameplay for this week. How has your week been looking in the Fallout universe, Shalene? Well, I'm still working on my Fallout 3 trophy run on PlayStation 3. I'm getting closer, soldiering on. <laughs> and my character, Forrest Gump, has been in Operation Anchorage. Um, I did the Paving the Way quest. I finally got myself a power fist from the nice quartermaster. Nice. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. <laughs> I had such a rough time. I was so happy to get that power fist. And they put me in charge of a special strike team, uh, which the uh, the guys were calling Patterson Suicide Squad. Poor the squad, man. Poor Patterson Suicide Squad. Hmm. They were not long for the world. Um, so, yeah, I, I took the Suicide Squad, and we went to clear out the Listening Post and the Chimera Depot. And um, there were a lot of Crimson Dragoons there. Um, those areas were kind of kind of tricky. And uh, the, I, I've gotten used to doing a lot of drugs in Fallout 3. Um, <laughs> and the lady Again, in the nurse's office. not recommended office, for you listeners at home. She gave me a whole bunch of Psycho. And I thought, okay, you know, this is what they want their, uh, their soldiers to be using. And it's just a simulation, right? Uh, it's not real. It's just a simulation. So I take the simulation Psycho and instantly become addicted to Psycho. Did you take them all at once? No, I just took one. Okay. It only takes once, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was addicted to Psycho, and these invisible dragoons are popping out of the corners at me with their swords, and I just, I was super paranoid and strung out on Psycho, <laughs> and I'm checking every corner wherever I'm going through these quests, just looking for these invisible dragoons. And uh, I get to the the Chimera Depot, and uh, the, these little mines with little feet come running out at me. Yeah. And they, they look like little spiders, and they explode, and I hate them, and they're so creepy. <laughs> they're uh, awful. So I really hated those guys. I was running from them, and I tried to jump over them. And I know I got clear of him, but it still blew up. So <laughs> I was strung out on Psycho, checking the corners for invisible crimson dragoons and running from spider mines, and that pretty much covered the Paving the Way quest. I finished it somehow. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I did find these crazy snowmen that they were building. That was pretty funny. Hmm. And when I got back at the end of that quest to the base camp, uh, there was a war photographer uh, in the in like a trench coat and a hat and, oh, yeah. and looking very much like a 50s newsman. And uh, he was taking a picture of these three guys and they posed like the statue at the Anchorage War Memorial and with the, the rocket launcher huh. and the gun and uh, it was pretty neat, and he's telling him, you guys, this is a great picture. This could even be a statue one day. So what I did was I ran around and got in the picture. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it would have been able to show me the picture, but I know I was there. Or if, you or if you went back to D.C., you're now, <laughs> you're now oh, part God, of the statue. The <laughs> um. Yeah, Operation Anchorage was pretty fun. It's it's a very combat-heavy DLC. There's not much exploration. Uh, after I finished those, I went on to uh, disarm the pulse field, uh, wow. and I was running through no man's land, uh, <laughs> and just it was being shelled. I hate that And uh, my PlayStation 3 is old, and my save file was like 12 megabytes, so it was chugging really hard, <laughs> and I'm just being shelled, and my, my video is just terrible. <laughs> But it was fun, though. It was it was kind of an epic moment, and uh, yeah, we got to to fight the 
the final mm. section. I talked down the the uh, general, you uh, general down? Jingwei. I talked, yeah. Oh. You can convince him that it's hopeless, and uh, he takes his own life. Um, and then you get his cool sword. Huh? I never, I never knew that. So yeah, and that's the end. I came out of the simulation and uh, went and opened the uh, door and got a ton of nice loot. Uh, there was the uh, the winterized power armor mm-hmm. that you were talking about last week. That's what I'm using. That General Jingwei's shock sword, um, the Chinese sneaky suit. Yes. Um, that's pretty pretty good armor. It wasn't really anything that I'm going to use though, as Forrest Gump. Um, True. I did get to punch Defender Sibley to death, and I enjoyed that. I, I really didn't like Defender Sibley, and then he mutinied, uh, so I got to punch him and and not even lose any karma. Good job. I found a Gary in the in that complex though, Gary twenty three, in one of the yeah. doorways in in like a closet basically. They had tried <laughs> to cut his arm off to get his pit boy. Poor Gary. Oh, so he was purposely supposed to be ah. Yes. Okay. Yes, he was there. They cut his arm off to get his pit boy, and uh, I, I just wonder how they found him and how he got there. Did he leave the vault? Did they go to the vault and and abduct him? Hmm. How, how did Gary come to be there? Maybe there are many Garys across the wasteland that have left the vault. <laughs> They're just walking around going, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Gary. I, uh, you know, I stumbled upon something strange, kind of like that in um, Paradise Falls. Where in this one room, there's a note that says burn it or something like that. And it's referring mm-hmm. to a Vault 77 jumpsuit. And it's like, um, they're like, you know, get rid of this thing before he comes looking for it or whatever. And it, they don't <laughs> name whoever it is. I have no idea who it is or what it's in reference to. But I took the suit just in hopes that someday I'll stumble into whoever this guy is that's looking for this thing. That's really interesting. I don't remember that. Yeah, that's... I've got no idea what the heck it is. Um, so, well, yeah. Um... Yeah, Anchorage, yeah, Operation Anchorage was not my favorite of the Fallout 3 DLCs, but I still had fun there. And uh, I might take a break from Forrest Gump next week and maybe play some original Fallout. Um, but I thought I'd ask the listeners, where do you guys think Forrest Gump should go next? Uh, I want to play either Mothership Zeta or The Pit Ooh. on my trophy run. So I, I thought I'd let you guys decide. Tweet, tweet at me and let me know where you think I should go. Nice. That'll be interesting to see Mothership Zeta run as, as a puncher. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right. I have a video for you guys for some with some gameplay. Uh, last time we did this, it got a little glitchy, so hopefully it goes well tonight. Uh, but I'm going to be scrolling through it a little bit for time because we are running short of it. So we're going to go ahead and get into it. Um, I have been playing some Fallout 3. And uh, this character is like a heavy arms character. I'm using the winterized T-51B that I got from the Operation Anchorage. And I'm going to do the Superhuman Gambit quest. And I'm running a few mods, so uh, you might be able to notice it here. I'm walking up on this place, and I notice raiders running with Enclave gear on. And they're being attacked by flaming death claws. I, for <laughs> one, and this one that just flies across the screen. It's wonderful. Um, I, uh... I love the Gauls rifle. It just destroys everything, uh, except when you start the broken or the Brotherhood of Steel, broken steel. Everything gets very hard. Um, so I I wanted to show you this battle because of that body flying across the screen earlier, and um, how proficient the Gauls rifle is when you use it up close and personal on a Death Claw who's about to strike you, as you will see here. And it's just a bloody mess of 
of goodness. I was actually down in, in uh, I was doing something with the broken seal, and I shot a death claw, and it lodged itself up into the roof somehow with its oh, spikes. No. Just got caught up in the roof because of the gauze rifle hit it so hard. <laughs> so I, I love my Fallout Three game. I have floaty dead people. <laughs> That's amazing, Rick. <laughs> Some raiders and two enclave just guys hovering up there. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> just I was gonna turn off clipping through the uh, the console to reach them, but I thought it would be a little bit more uh, entertaining to shoot them down. Although it took like ten shots. <laughs> it's like a pinata. <laughs> yeah. So like the, the first guy that I try to shoot down is one of those officers, um, and I was like, man, this guy might have some like electron charge packs or something, and I definitely don't want to waste plasma ammo or microfusion cells. So. <laughs> It <laughs> just won't die. Um, I have a blood mod on that makes the blood a little bit more awesome. <laughs> like, more splatter-worthy. Um, so this next thing, I, I walk a little bit farther up, and there's another Enclave station. So I was like, all right, I'll take a few of these guys out. And my weapon skill's down, and I can't shoot for anything because of my high radiation. Which, by the way, there's a glitch. And every time I get my radiation healed, it does not get healed. Super That's frustrating. Weird. It's super frustrating. It's been like over 600 uh, for like <laughs> four hours. <laughs> That's not good, Rick. No, especially when you meet Reavers and glowing ones. So I'm fighting these Enclave guys from, from afar, and I noticed that a Mole Rat and a Yao Guai <laughs> just run in and start destroying them. And I love this guy getting mauled by the Yao Guai. Boom! Dead. <laughs> I love it. Oh, it's great. And then another flaming object is running at me, uh, which is the mole Everything's rat. on fire in your games, Rick. <laughs> Reminds me of Strong Bad. Of no two kids are not on fire. Uh, <laughs> so every time I see these radio towers among the wasteland, uh, there's a, for those of you who might not know, there's a specific amount of radio towers that you can actually go up to and flip on a switch, and it uh, plays a... It, it activates a radio signal to some underground unmarked location. Usually a drainage ditch or a sewer pipe or something like that. Um, and I go to go up to this, and I notice there's an enclave uh, hideout. So I take a couple pot shots, and because my agility is probably, I think, a minus two at this point, I miss every time. Um, except for that iBot. <laughs> and um, I, I tend to keep the fire alive, if you will. Um... Because one of these bad guys is a uh, Hellfire Enclave, dude. Uh -huh. Have you heard of those? Yeah, they have the big heavy incinerators. Yeah, and when they finally see me, it's just this Ooh. barrage of plasma. And this guy with the plasma pistol is a good shot. It's the barrage of heavy incinerator bullets and plasma. Yeah, he's sniping you with the plasma pistol. <laughs> he is. And he's a jerk because he keeps hitting me. Um, and there I'm on fire. I mean, it's like... <laughs> Every battle, something has to be on fire. Um, and there's nothing I can do to get around it. And it, even with power armor, it just, the game got... Oh, I, I tried to hit him with a rocket, and uh, you'll see that it does not go... <laughs> oh, man. I was so mad. I was like, you're kidding me! <laughs> right past his head. And then it jams on me, of course. Um... It's you know after you after you beat the game and and you have the DLC everything gets significantly harder. Mm -hmm. It's insane. I didn't realize it was that much of a curve. 
Yeah, I, I really thought Broken Steel made the game a lot more challenging. Yeah. Uh, so I decided to fight fire with fire and ultimately <laughs> fail at this. Because I guess it doesn't have any effect on power armor whatsoever. <laughs> so I just break as heavy incinerator. And uh, I, I really enjoy this little moment of mine where I fire and he's, you know, I'm just reloading. The game is taking its time. And uh, just kind of like the game seems to know when I need to savor the, the kill. <laughs> so I just, I hate those things. Um, and I'm just finishing off now. There's a cool thing up here that if you, I, I believe there's a generator in this room, this enclave outpost, that if you destroy it somehow from far away, it actually, I think it actually deactivates the turrets. Like hmm. It powers them down. Um, here's the switch that I was telling you about. And it turns on a radio station, and this particular one is full of ghouls, as you can yeah. maybe hear. Um, at this point in the game, I've only faced uh, ghoul roamers and feral ghoul roamers and feral ghouls, and I don't even think I've seen a glowing one at this point. And I'm a level 21, which is rare. I usually see glowing ones, uh, I think, like after level 10 or something. Mm -hmm. They're not that uncommon. Yeah, so... Uh, I decide to walk on in here, and this is the drainage ditch. It's actually right below the tower. And this is my first wondrous experience with the Fergal Reaver. Oh, yeah. And I worst. notice it because he's whipping hunks of radioactive uh, gore at me, which is actually what it's called. Um, like, a couple blasts with a plasma rifle does absolutely nothing. Um, it, they're just the worst feral ghouls you could ever imagine. They've got body armor, and they throw pieces of themselves, and they kill you in about three hits, even with the power armor. I retreat, thinking I'm going to get an upper hand on this guy. I'm going to heal myself up, get my flamer out, because I love fire. Uh, mm -hmm. And I'm going to walk back into this room, and as I walk back in, I'm just going to fire. And he's not in front of me. He's actually behind me, like, waiting <laughs> behind the door. <laughs> so he's smarter than me. <laughs> oh, that's so great, man. Just fighting a losing battle at this point. It's just, it's just not, not a good day for me when I'm fighting these Reavers. Um, it's just... Just wait as you go on in Broken Steel, Rick. Just wait. <laughs> I don't want to. Fight, like, 30 of those Reavers all at once. And my energy weapon skill is at 100. So, and it might be, I think, too, that I'm highly irradiated might be causing a problem. Mm -hmm. So this is when I first come into Canterbury Commons, and I'm going to turn up the volume here. Now, this is the mechanist and the antagonizer. <laughs> and they're arguing in the middle of the street. The citizens of this town have nothing to fear. The mechanist is here to protect them. So the mechanist, yeah, the mechanist has... I'm just letting them hear the dialogue. I don't think you can hear it, Julian. But the mechanist has two sentry bots, and the antagonizer has three ants, who, for some reason, thinks that those three ants are going to beat those two sentry bots. I, I, I don't see how she even thought that they were going to win that fight. Uh, foreshadowing. The ants don't win this battle. But apparently they regularly, regularly fight in this town street, which... I, I live in a town uh, with a main street, and if two warring factions decide to heat up the streets for a while, every week or so, I'd get a little perturbed as well. The funny thing is they run away arguing. 
<laughs> they just run away yelling at each other. Um, and I'm going to skip this bit of dialogue. I was going to show it to you because it's interesting um, and whatnot. But I'm going to skip ahead to when I go meet the mechanist for the first time. I think the robots are friendly. Uh, <laughs> and they're totally not. No. <laughs> I just walk in. It's he like, was just right. giving you a missile, Rick, for a present. <laughs> Welcome to the mechanist's lair. Have a missile. I just walk in and bang, right in the face of the rocket. <laughs> uh, so after I realized that these things are not friendly, uh, there's only one sentry bot in this room. And it's, it's a pain in the butt for my gauze rifle because I'm used to this thing just ripping things apart, especially robots, and it's not, uh, it's not, it's not doing as well as I would like it to. But, um, I switch to the plasma rifle, finish it off, and I, and I go to explore a little bit. One of the elements of Fallout games that I, that I hope, and I'm pretty sure, I'm very confident because of that this is going to be in Fallout 4, there's a terminal in one of these cubicles that you access it, and it says a note from, I think, Frank. And Frank is talking about how the sentry turrets in, in the A, Section A were tracking him, and he got scared, so he bought a couple pulse grenades and put them underneath his desk. He also says, stop throwing paper clips over at me. So your job is to find this, you know, canister with these plasma grenades by using the clues in this note. It's unmarked. You know, it's not even a quest. It's just a little hint. And I love the things like that, like the... Uh, like Sydney's, the note from Sydney in the uh, Merriweather Hotel. Was it the Merriweather Hotel? I don't recall the name of the hotel. But it's where you find Riley's Raiders. Um, there's mm -hmm. a there's a note, you know, and we talked about that, I think, uh, two episodes ago. But um, I love things like that. And uh, <coughs> <laughs> I, I love things like that where the game gives you these clues and you have to go find them. And I think you were talking about that with that, like, the, the night underwear or whatever. Right, the, the naughty nightwear and the, the all-nighter nightwear. Yeah, so, uh, again, I'm just not having a good time with robots. Luckily, that pole was there to deflect that rocket that he shot at me. But um, I, I retreat, fall back. For some reason, I don't know why, I pull one ashtray out of this trash can. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> well, you needed a cigarette, Rick. It's okay. Yeah. Um, so I retreated, and, and this is the second time I did this quest, so I had no idea that this elevator existed that takes you right up to the mecha me mechanist's lair. So it may look like I walked right up to it and knew it was there. Totally had no idea. Um, it was just a nice discovery. And, you know, I, I didn't know how I was going to play this quest. Um, by the way, this quest was requested. I tweeted out that I didn't know what to do, so somebody suggested this. I think you did, too. Um, mm -hmm. And I've only played this, I think, twice. And the first time I played it, I don't remember what I did. So I didn't what know how I was going to go through here? this. How did you get past my defenses? And basically... Did the antagonizer send you? Speak now, citizen, or I'll be forced to detain you until I can ascertain your true motives. So after he asked me that question, I say, I'm here to help him take out the antagonizer. And this is his response. <laughs> oh. Well, in that case, welcome. Welcome, dear citizen. So great. I felt so honored. An ordinary citizen no longer, eh? Hmm. <laughs> You'll be my sidekick. I hereby grant you the title of Meccano Lad. So, well then, my trusty uh, I go to visit the antagonizer after this, after becoming the Meccano Lad, which this guy thinks for some reason he has the power in all of the verse to uh, <laughs> grant me a title. Um, 
I mean, he's obviously gone nutty, uh, as both of these characters have. But, I don't know. Oh, I think it's a good name. That's all I'm going to call you from now on. The Mechano Lad. Mechano Lad. Um, I, I enjoy the Flamer, and I finally get to use it to kill these ants here. Um, it's just, I've never done this before, and there are ants leading up to this. Uh, when you're going into the Ant Queen's, or well, I guess you call it the Antagonizer's Lair. And uh, I, I, I didn't know, like I said before, I didn't know exactly how I was going to approach this. I wasn't sure if I was going to run in and just kill everyone or what. I wasn't sure what options of dialogue were going to have available. I thought it would be funny to get them out in the middle of the street and have a final epic battle between, you know, like two sentry bots and three ants because of the whole sprite limit. And then... Um, you know, kill the whoever was left over. So I thought that was going to be fun. Um, so I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do. So I go up to the antagonizer. So You've penetrated the court of the antagonizer, queen of all ants. And she obviously Were you sent by that meddling mechanist. Is a nut job. That no one can stand before my royal regimen of fighting ants. And I like how she does what say no one can stand against my royal regimen of fighting ants. Stand. But there's no ants in her chamber. I don't know how she could defend against me. So I say I'm going to help her. So the mechanist thinks I'm going to help him. She thinks I'm going to help her. And I'm still kind of going through this weird, like, Metal Gear Solid triple timing these guys. Um, and then I see the Lady Killer perk pop up in the dialogue box. And I had to think for a second, but I decided to, to pick it to see what would happen. And I did, and it, it basically is saying that there's another chance for this lady if she starts again. Because apparently her family was killed by ants, she has a name, you can actually visit her house. Um, so she she decides to, you know, ask for forgiveness and ask for a second chance from you. And I think you, you actually have the option of, like, killing her after this. So she's like, oh, thank you for giving me a second chance, are you just going to let me go? You could say, no, and then I guess blow her head off. Um, but, uh... <laughs> and she gives you the suit too and that 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 matters later but i decided to take the suit let her go and then i decide to go back to the mechanist so she's officially taken care of i could go complete this quest if i wanted to uh oh and i accidentally shot her <laughs> so she says al why'd you do that after i accidentally shot her so I go back to the antagoni the uh, me mechanists and i put on the antagonizer's armor as you can see because Mechano lad, how could you? So I wanted to see what he would do. And uh, needless to say, he was not happy. Oh, I tried to get his attention by running into him. I don't know how I thought that would help. Um, but uh, yeah, he doesn't mind people running into him from. Yeah. He acts like he catches you in the middle of it. Aha! Uh -huh. <laughs> totally didn't catch me, sir. <laughs> Snuck up behind you. But needless to say, he enters combat with me and decides to try to kill me, which is comical, um, because all he has is a puny little laser pistol. I checked to see if it was anything special, and it was not. And he has a protect Protectron uh, bodyguard, which is, again, nothing to me at this point. And I just finish him off. Which, like I said, you could finish the quest, I believe, right after you get rid of one of them. But I decided to get rid of both. And they actually reward you. I think they give you a bonus for getting rid of both, no matter how you mm -hmm. do it. Um, I don't think they really ask any questions. <laughs> so they're just kind of like, however you did it, that's fine. So that ends the quest for me. That's how I did it. I, I got rid of one and killed both of them. Now, I open up 
in that repair area, you can open up these protect protectron. Uh, I don't know what you, pods, and, and that's what I just showed you there. And you go to this terminal here. It says operate lift, and you can raise or lower the platform. And I click lower. I, I don't know why I click lower when it's already down, and it does nothing. And so I, I walk up and open up another booth, and the protectron just kind of falls out because he's already dead. <laughs> Which just they sound funny. The metal just is like it's just obnoxious. So I go to another terminal. I don't know if you guys know this, but if you read it, it says, "Please make sure that before you open up the protectron pods, you raise the lift because they do this." <laughs> they, they trip, and then they fall. <laughs> it's the most wonderful thing in the world. Oh, so I'm going to go let more bitch. out. <laughs> and it's it's wonderful, because I just... Uh, they're like... You monster. They're just clumsy little robots, just programmed to do what they're told. And I wonder if in their head, they're like seeing that ledge and going, No! 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 And they can't oh, no. deny their programming. <laughs> So they try to fall before it, like, I'm not going to fall. <laughs> and then, woo. So, and this to know, end it, just... lad just, just wants to watch the world burn. Just to end it, I go and kill an innocent Pachectron. And uh, thus ends my gameplay for the week. It was a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to be asking for more quests. We're probably going to be doing a Let's Play soon. Um, we're also going to be getting into some of the older Fallouts, too. Uh, it just, uh, those are a lot more difficult to play. So we'll be getting into those as well. So, uh, we're going to go ahead and get on to our mod of the week. And, uh, this week we're, this is the first time ever doing this. Uh, I should make a bumper for this. I'm going to remember that. Sure. Um, and, uh, this is a mod that I've used before on fallout three and it, it changes everything. And, uh, I can't say that without thinking of that, uh, flavored water commercial, that was running rampant for a while. Uh, sorry. Anyway, <laughs> never mind. Um, so basically, this mod um, changes the whole game. It changes the 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 weapons that are in the game, the ammo types, everything. So it's called Fallout Three Wanderers Edition. And if anyone's a modder, they've probably been very familiar with this for a long time. It's been out for a while. So the overall goals of this mod, and we pulled this from the Nexus website. You can find it there recommend that you use that you please read the installation guides there's other stuff that you need you can't just install this mod and run the game um it will die and crash and burn your computer will hate you it's not good if you run it without all the special stuff so the overall goals of this is uh supposed to be like more richer and immersive character development more of an rpg experience than more of a arpg kind of thing um immersive more immersive special and skill points um, faster paced and more unforgiving combat, which I can attest to. Um, it, it, you know, it improves the survival aspect of it and it, it just is a whole bunch of things. So for instance, like your character, when you start, you can choose two different starting paths. You get birthed, you can change your face, you can pick your name, do all that sort of stuff. But when it goes to the next cutscene, which I think is your 10th birthday, um, it asks you to keep dreaming, which makes you continue the Vault 101 experience. Or it asks you to um, wake up. And then you wake up in this tent, and you go to this terminal in the tent, and you can pick your backstory, pick your special allotment. You can have, like, up to everything being nine. It just gives you a lot of flexibility. And then, depending on what your backstory is, it changes where you start and what perks you start with and what weapons and armor you start with. It's really cool. 
Like you can start as like Enclave Reject, I think it was, um, uh, Enclave Outcast, and you start up at Raven Rock with like a plasma rifle and some other things. Um, if you start as a regulator, you start at their little base, and you have the regulator perk already. So it changes all that stuff. The combat's greatly changed. It's in like pretty much two shots to you, kill you, and two shots to them, kill them. It's super realistic. Stimpaks heal over time. Very much like the Fallout New Vegas hardcore mode. Um, there are tons of guns. I think over 40 new weapons and a bunch of different ammo types um, are added to the game. Uh, custom sounds although the reloading animations are a little silly for some of the guns, but it, it's really a really fun mod. Um, gives you new equipment, um, different uh, repa- ways to repair, um, triage. You have to go into a special menu to fix your arms, and you can't be in combat during that. Um, survival, it adds sleep, food, and thirst, much like that New Vegas hardcore uh, mode. And, uh, yeah, it just it, it tries to recreate Fallout 3 into a more immersive thing. And it does succeed at that. It really, really does. Although, buggy is all get out. Uh, it crashes a lot, especially if you don't have the unofficial patch mod installed, which we can get into. That fixes a whole bunch of stuff and replaces your INI if you don't have a multi-core, or if you have a multi-core processor. Um, there are a lot of problems with crashing for that. So... It, it, it's 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 just a great mod. I, if you mod, please check it out. Um, if you have any questions, you can tweet at me. I can help you install it, or I can help tell you how to install it and that sort of thing. Um, but there's a whole uh, installation guide there on the on the uh, Nexus website. And again, that mod is called the Fallout Three Wanderers Edition mod. It's it's awesome. Definitely definitely check it out. So uh, we're gonna get into our lore segment, and you have a special piece of lore that's kind of canon, kind of not. Right. This week, we're going to talk about the Secret Vault. Uh, The Secret Vault uh, is kind of canon, kind of non-canon, because it appears only in Fallout Brotherhood of Steel, the uh, allegedly terrible Xbox game, uh, (laughs) which is basically considered non-canon. But the Secret Vault is mentioned in Old World Blues in New Vegas. So we're going to say that makes it legit. So we're going to go with it. The Secret Vault. It is located in... Los Ibanez, Texas. I'm sure I mispronounced that, as I mispronounce a lot of things on this show. (laughs) (laughs) Along with the Big MT, the Secret Vault is uh, the only facility known to have been doing research on electrical weapons. Uh, So that's pretty interesting. Hmm. Uh, The Secret Vault was Vault-Tec's private vault, built so that Vault-Tec's head honchos could do some research and survive the apocalypse. Um... They were planning to come out after things were better and support the Enclave with the technologies they developed. Yeah. Vault Tech was a military contractor, and they became so uh, deeply involved with governmental research that they were basically a privatized portion of the government. But they kept many secrets from the government, including this vault. They developed it without informing the government because they knew the purpose of the vaults. Yeah. And they did not want to participate in, in the vault experiment. Oh, so uh-huh. you're saying the government did know what the vaults were no, about? The gover- yes, the government knew what the vaults okay. were about. I was going to say, I thought for a second mm-hmm. that the government didn't know because vault Tech kept it a secret. I was going to say that's something I didn't know, but never mind. No, the government knew the purpose of the vaults. Um, they did not know about the secret vault. vault Tech um, built it to uh, separate themselves from the vault experiment. Those evildoers. 
they were researching FEV in there, and they did some genetic research too. They created rad bugs. Uh, that's an enemy that only appeared in Brotherhood of Steel. <laughs> I wonder if there's a reason for that. <laughs> and they also created a variety of Deathclaw that was unique to Brotherhood of Steel. I, I really, I'd like to get my hands on this yeah. game and just see it. Even if it is terrible, I, I feel like it's so bad that it would be, Fun. you know, the good kind of bad. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they developed an AI named Calyx that controlled the vault systems, and they worked on some power armor. Uh, it was not superior to any of the existing power armor, though, and uh, not as good as what the Enclave was making, either. Hmm. The inhabitants of the secret vault lived there for years, safely, happily researching the outside world. Um, but the vault was later torn apart by civil war between the scientists and the security officers, led by a security officer named Blake. Uh, he believed that the vault was running evil experiments, and he was right. Totally right. Uh, yeah, so good on you, Blake. <laughs> yeah, whether so you survived or not. I think, uh, I think nobody really survived the secret vault in the end. Hmm. Uh, many of the inhabitants were killed by the remnants of the Master's army, oh. led by Addis, who was one of the Master's former commanders. Uh, the Master's is the big bad from the original Fallout. Um, and the secret vault was completely destroyed at the end of Brotherhood of Steel when the initiate, who is your player character, detonates a nuclear warhead. Kaboom. And that concludes our time with the secret vault. Kaboom. I, uh, I what did, do you know what they talked about in uh, Old World Blues about the secret vault? Like, because none of this is ringing any bells. Um, I think they just mentioned it as the other place where they were researching electrical weapons. Mm, okay. Because, yeah, they were they were doing similar research at the Big MT. Gotcha. Right. I, I wonder if they left that if they left that in there, even though that game technically wasn't canon. I wonder if yeah. they just kind of left it in there because it's such a fleeting fact that it's kind of. I like, think it was right. just a, just a little nod. So. <laughs> we'll acknowledge that you exist, but other than that, go eat in a different room. <laughs> basically so poor can't sit with the cool kids yeah i i would like um i wish there was a way we could like record some of that gameplay and just show everyone how terrible mm -hmm. it was and um and we're gonna be uh yeah so because uh, we're, we're gonna be getting into some of those older games and i'm really curious to see how that game plays so um, we had a few emails from a few of you listeners and thank you very much for emailing us we've been getting a lot um it's been great to see the feedback and the response. It, it's been overwhelmingly positive. So um, it's, this team now is going to reflect that a little bit. So Ben says, hey, guys, just heard the first two episodes of the Fallout OTR podcast while at work today and really enjoyed them. Thank you. Uh, please keep them coming, which we will. Um, I'm answering as I go. Sorry. Uh, my brain works that way. Uh, I've been a Fallout fan since stumbling upon Fallout 3, and I'm very happy to finally have a Fallout podcast to follow. On the run up to the release of Fallout 4, I have recently started a new character in Fallout 3 based upon the Gunslingers of the Dark Tower series by Stephen King, which he says, I highly recommend these books to any fans of Fallout. And I haven't heard of these. I haven't heard of this book. And you've read it? I have. It's uh, actually a, an eight-book epic series. Oh. Uh, I've read it a few times. I do recommend it, uh, actually. He's, he's right. It's, it's great. And uh, the gunslingers are sort of like, uh, they're sort of like the Justicars from Mass Effect. Uh, that's something you might be able to ah. relate them to. 
like Samara, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they, they're just kind of, they're, they're pretty cool. It's a cool book. Okay. Um, so he based his character on that. He said the concept behind this character was to try and only use a magnum and a light armor to see how far I could get. After taking care of business at Tenpenny Tower, my character sought to change his karma um, by taking the Lawbringer perk and becoming a regulator. He has since redeemed himself by hunting raiders, slavers, enclave soldiers while exploring the ra- wasteland. His question to Fallout OTR is, when creating a new character build, what characters from other universes have influenced your decisions regarding weapon choices and skills? Thanks again for your hard work, and I'm looking forward to following this new show. Ben. So, that email is right up my alley because almost all of my characters are based on some aspects from something else. So, for instance, I had a character named Rooster Cogburn based off of the Rooster Cogburn character from the um, uh, the movie True Grit, uh, the John Wayne version, not the new one, and the uh, the movie Rooster Cogburn, um, and uh, that character only used like a lever action uh, shotguns and and revolvers and stuff. And I created a different, I created a new character based on that, but the new character that's based on a cowboy, um, the Rooster Cogburn type. He doesn't wear any armor. He just wears the sheriff's duster and the sheriff's hat, and that's it. And um, I even found a duster that looks just like the sheriff's duster that has a damage threshold of one, and I didn't wear it because it was armor. And all he uses are six-shot revolvers and lever-action shotgun. Excuse me. And I got to say, I'm also playing on hardcore difficulty, and it's it's very, very, very hard. Um, But it's also a lot of fun. I carry Boone and Eddie with me, and that helps. Um, I'm also going to be creating another character um, for the show here. Um, I don't know if I'm going to make it like some sort of Let's Play character, but it's going to be integrated with the show a good bit. And I'm going to name her Kiddo. And for those of you out there who know what that means, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, yes, I base a lot of character decisions off of, like, Malcolm Reynolds and other different characters from other universes that I that I play. Mm-hmm. So what about you, Shaleen? That's not really something that I really do. I usually play RPGs as me. Um, the first time that I've ever really had much outside influence is uh, my Forrest Gump character. <laughs> when I decided to uh, make a, a stupid character, I immediately went there. <laughs> and I thought, well... I'll just make him be Forrest Gump. I'll give him, like, really high endurance and high charisma. And uh, that's been actually really fun. And it's it's fun to, because it's so outside of Forrest Gump. It's so different. Yeah. Um, I am Forrest Gump, but I'm just punching people's heads off. And, and just... <laughs> it's been fun to think of. I, uh, I really like this character, and I, I'm very tempted to take him into uh, New Vegas, even though... Uh, even though I've been playing him for a long time, doing this trophy run in, in uh, Fallout 3, I enjoy it so much, I'm thinking about taking him into New Vegas. <laughs> That'll be an interesting transition. So we have another email from uh, Wastelander. Uh, it says, Hello, wanderers of the wasteland. I cannot express in words how excited I am to see QGN take on a Fallout show. I've been throwing the idea around for decades now. I want to hear about all your adventures from being killed by giant ants to giant rats to giant roaches, to giant... What the hell are death claws anyway? <laughs> I digress. I do actually have a question for you good folk at Fallout OTR. I love the different vaults with a passion. What is your favorite vault out in the wastes, and why is it the best? 
Tunnel Snakes rule, Dave deinforced Adams. So I'd like to start off by saying thanks for this email, mm -hmm. Dave. And uh, I think I can speak for both of us when I say that we're really glad to see you coming back to QGN uh, lately. Mm -hmm. uh, we were uh, we were really flattered to get this email. We we squeed a little. So. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, um, so what is your favorite your vault? Question. My favorite vault is 106. Uh, it's the one with the hallucinogenic drugs uh, being pumped through the oh, vents. Oh yeah. And uh, this is actually uh, one of the first vaults that I wandered into when I was playing Fallout 3 for the first time, and I did not understand at that point that the vaults were these, you know, horrible experiments. Mm -hmm. I, I just thought they were vaults, places where people survived, and. Uh, I walk into this vault and I'm clearing it out and I'm thinking, man, you know, these people didn't make it. This is tough. And then I get to the first hallucination and I see my dad. And at this point, I hadn't found my dad yet. I hadn't done the Tranquility Lane quest or anything. And I'm like, oh, Dad! <laughs> so I'm like running down the hall and I'm like, why? Well, and it's, yeah, it just, it freaked me out. And then there's later on this scene where the tunnel snakes try to kill you uh -huh. and encounters with Amada. And this is my favorite vault because it's the vault where you experience the horror that the dwellers did. You know, you uh, you don't just see the aftermath. You go through the same fear and, and horror that they did. It's, uh, yeah. it's, it was an experience. It stuck with me. That moment seeing, seeing my dad in that hallucinogenic. So that's that's why that's my favorite vault. What's your favorite vault, Rick? Um, I, I want to add on to that that Vault 106 definitely freaked me out the first time I saw it because like when I got to the tunnel snakes and the thing like fighting like the scientist, I, mm -hmm. I was still like even though I went through those other hallucinations, I'm still like swinging something. And I'm like, what, what what is going on? Like I had no idea mm -hmm. what was going on. And um, and after you come out of that vault, they don't really like. There's really not a lot of explanation behind all of it. Mm -hmm. So you just kind of come out like. What a what just happened? Yeah. So um, whereas that is not my favorite vault, that was just my experience with it. Um, I, I my favorite vault is probably much like everyone else's. It's the uh, Gary <laughs> vault. Uh, it it it's the classic. It's one of the most like ridiculous experiences I've ever had in the game. Because like the first time I hear it, he's like Gary. You know, just like they always say their name. And then, like, I started and like, oh, the guy's name is Gary, and he went nuts, and he's calling himself Gary. And then I hear someone else going, Gary, and then I see that his name is Gary, and I'm like, uh, all right, um, yeah, I don't, uh, you're, you're all going to die because I'm scared. <laughs> so, like, they, they just, it, it was my favorite just because it was just that fallout experience of absolute horror and, and terror. Mm -hmm terrorizing of human lives in these vaults but at the same time being the goofiest kookiest thing i've ever seen before like it's it's one of those like wtf social experiments it it it, it made that experience for me but it was definitely i mean i just couldn't imagine what it would have been like to go through that process of becoming gary oh gosh there's a there's a fanfic <laughs> becoming gary um. I want a mod where they make it into Hodor. <laughs> and everybody in the vault is Hodor, and they're all like, Hodor, Hodor, Hodor. <laughs> oh, somebody in the, in the chat says Vault 108 is the Gary Vault. There we go. Okay. Right. I wasn't sure of the number. Um, so. 
but yeah, that thank you for those emails. It was great to uh, it was great to have you know people write in. So we have a weapon for the week, um, and it's actually got more history behind it than I actually knew. Um, I just thought it was a quirky little pistol. So why don't you tell us about it, Shaleen? Yes, this week we're talking about what is actually my favorite weapon in Fallout New Vegas, hmm. Maria. Maria is a unique variant of the uh, 9mm pistol, and it belongs to Benny. It's the weapon he uses to shoot the courier in the head in the opening scenes of Fallout New Vegas. Um, you can get it by killing Benny or pickpocketing Benny when you finally catch up to him. Um, I usually I usually kill him. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> Benny's a jerk. He shouldn't, have, he shouldn't have ever shot me. He didn't know who he was dealing with. Uh, Maria is a, a beautiful gun, and that's primarily why I, I like it so much. It's got this exquisite tooling um, on uh, on all the metal surfaces, and it has a mother of pearl grip that's decorated with Our Lady of Guadalupe. Uh, she's a really well-known Catholic figure, uh, and she also represents the biblical woman of the apocalypse, who is spoken of in chapter 12 of the book of Revelation. Hmm. So, yeah, that's something that I didn't know. Um, Maria does more damage, is more accurate, and has higher durability than other 9mm pistols. And she is a concealable holdout weapon if you have sneak of at least 50. Hmm. Uh, another reason that I like Maria, you don't have to leave her at the door. Um, there are some gun runners arsenal challenges for using Maria. What do you, you want to add something, Rick? No, I'm laughing that you yeah. leave her at the door. It just made me think. Yeah. Never mind. Well, there are some Gunrunners Arsenal challenges. Um, Love those. And if you are an achievement hunter like me, you're going for all those Gunrunners Arsenal challenges. Uh, Talk About Owned is uh, gotten by killing Benny with Maria, <laughs> uh, which is pretty fun to do. You have to pickpocket him and then get it and then catch up to him. Uh, usually it's easiest to catch up to him at uh, Caesar's Legion hideout and then kill him there. Um, and the, the other challenges, the same could be said of all religious weapons, and that challenge is a, achieved by killing feral ghouls with Maria, Gehenna, or holy frag grenades. I don't remember what Gehenna is. Is that a, a uh, grenade launcher? It's a. Or is that it's a um. Uh, I don't remember. I think you have to. You can buy it at I think the Gunrunners Arsenal booth. Right. Um. I, I remember it costing a ton of caps. I feel like uh, it's, it's a melee weapon, but I'm not sure. Is it? I don't know. Maybe. I remember the Holy Frag Grenades. I thought that was hilarious. Never, never found them. Reference. Really? Never found it's them. In that, um, okay, you have to have Wild Wasteland on. Do you turn on Wild Wasteland? Every once in a while. Yeah, it, you have to have Wild Wasteland on. Okay. And then in that, uh, I forget the name of the town with all the ghouls, super radiated, all the glowing oh, ones. Armor. No, no. not Nipton. Um. Anyway, but that it's town. in that place. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love the counter. Count to five, cross to three. <laughs> um, like uh, the rest of New Vegas's nine millimeter pistols, Maria is based on the Browning high power pistol, which was introduced in 1935. Uh, this real life weapon was used in military service, uh, most notably in World War II. And it was also a military and police service weapon. And it only actually began to be phased out in the last couple of decades, the late 80s and 90s. The Browning High Power is still in production. Um, nice. So that's some interesting bit of trivia. Uh, do you do you use Maria usually? Uh, well, I want to point out the chat room uh, saying that Searchlight is the town that is oh, highly irradiated by the, the Legion one. bomb. Um, I 
I typically don't use a gun that uh, failed to kill one who was shot in the head with it. Because <laughs> you have a point. Probably won't work well. I would love if you took it to get the uh, talk about owned, and you walk up to Benny, you hold shift. Um, okay, Gehenna is a variant of the shish kebab, which makes a lot oh, of sense. That room, uh, thanks a lot. Because Gehenna is, I think it was Jerusalem's trash dump or something. I forget, and it was always on fire, so it makes sense. It was a shish kebab. Also reference to hell, which is why it's religious. Anyway, um, if you take the Maria and walk up to Benny and hold shift on the PC keyboard so you're walking up to him and you point at his head and fire once and it didn't kill him. And then you had to hit him again. (laughs) I'd love you have to double tap him in the head with Maria. It would just be like this callback to when he shot you in the head and it didn't kill you. So I I never really used it because at that point I was probably on to using like the Mm -hmm. 45 caliber pistol or something more powerful like the hunting revolver. I like it because it's so pretty. Um, <laughs> appearance is actually, it's really important to me in, in games. And Look at the gun I'm killing you with. It's pretty. It's so pretty, though. And you have to look at the gun, you know. I play in True. first person. You don't, I'm not looking at myself, even though I am wearing sweet, sweet armor. Uh, I'm looking at the gun, and I like for it to be pretty. Yeah, I, I, uh, I can't play that game in third person, so I'm, mm. I'm always in first person. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that uh, concludes our show. Um, Shalene, what are some of your thoughts on this episode? Uh, well, I just think um, if you have a choice between a gun that's pretty and one that's not, pick a pretty <laughs> one. Ten times out of ten. And and you know, I'm thinking back to our gameplay. I, we love doing the gameplay for you guys and and running different you know quests and stuff. So. My final thoughts are, are for you guys. Please uh, tweet at us and email us some like requests, some some stuff you'd like to see us run. Um, Shalene is a little bit different play style in that she isn't as upfront shooty as I am, and I just kind of go in killing everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to see the way things are done, like the way we would approach it, please just let us know. It, it we've had a few requests, and it's it's pretty cool that you guys are asking us to do it. So, um, so yeah, you can tweet at us um, at Fallout OTR on Twitter. You can tweet at me at Rick McVick, and you can tweet at Shaleen, at Shaleen, oh, I pointed the wrong way, at Shaleen L, um, above her head as well. So please tweet at us on Twitter, we're gonna, we're always on there. You can follow me on, um, Periscope? Yeah, Periscope, I forgot the name of it. Um, I think it's Periscope, the, the live streaming app that's connected to Twitter. Periscope, yeah. at Rick McVick as well. Um, we're going to be doing some cool stuff with that coming up, so stay tuned for, to, to Periscope. You can also email us at falloutotr at gmail.com. Uh, just send us your questions, comments, uh, concerns, anything like that. We're, we usually respond to you. We always, you know, we like talking on the uh, show about your emails. Um, it, it, it's a lot of fun when you guys get in contact with us. Uh, contact with us so um you can also now on our youtube where you can find all of the qgn videos and our show as well um there's a new feature you can set up a notification to receive an email every time qgn posts another great show and this is for all qgn shows you can go and get notifications for those um so and you should Definitely, you should, you should go check out those shows, which we'll mention in a second. Uh, you can leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We are on both. Um, we had a couple of five-star reviews, and I just want to give a shout-out to SOC Hobbit, Kyle Headshot, and Virile Octopus. Okay, yeah, those guys were awesome enough, or gals, um, were awesome enough to leave us uh, five-star reviews. Um, we're getting a bunch more up there, so thank you for that. Um, keep them a-coming. It 
pleases us. Um, check out the other QGN shows streaming live on Twitch um, at uh, twitch.tv slash questgamingnetwork where you're all at now. Uh, those show- shows, my goodness, my tongue is getting all twisted. Um, those shows are limited to, uh, <laughs> include but are not limited to, Elder Scrolls Off the Record, Classic Elder Scrolls, Dragon Age Off the Record, Dota Off the Record, Warcraft Off the Record, Mortal Online, and Rift Reforged. Um, and tonight... I believe if they haven't, I think it's going up. I think at 10 or 10.30, it's uh, Dancing with Daggers with Rage uh, from the Elder Scrolls off the record in Classic Elder Scrolls Night. And that's always a joy. He plays a lot of cool hair metal and stuff, and they run around ESO killing things. So thank you very, very much for listening, and good night. Keep fighting the good fight. <laughs> <laughs>